For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 260 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Paul Sparker. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we got shit to talk about this week. Boy, do we. Yeah, man. Uh, it was uh, came down real close to us having to sit here and talk about that damn MTV The Phantom Menace special that I sent you the <laughs> link to. We got dangerously close. Yeah, we're saving that, buddy. That's in our back pocket. It's in the, it's yeah, it's in the back pocket. We'll whip that out when we need to. If you guys are like, shit, I don't want to hear about that. Well, then you better be summoning up the Star Wars (laughs) news. Because I don't know what else to do. (coughs) Anyways, before we jump into the news of the week and what have you, uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. I've been streaming a good bit on Twitch. You have. I got to watch some. So if you guys are ever, um, you know, feeling bored, check out the Twitter. I always post on there when I go live on Twitch. And uh, stop on by and hang out in the chat room, see what's up. I will be directly after recording this, so obviously you guys won't. Unless you're on the Twitter or follow us on Twitch, you won't, you won't see this. But I will be streaming uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which Tsushima. releases in just a, a little bit from now. So Oh, that's going to be so good. I've heard so many good things so far. Yeah, it's getting pretty good reviews, and I am pretty excited for it. It's uh, You know it's something good when... Japanese reviewers themselves are impressed or, or, you know, yeah. So I I don't uh, think this game was exclusively made in Japan. No, it's made by an American studio sucker punch, right? Who made, uh, the infamous games. You Mm -hmm. remember those? I do. Um, yeah, I was actually talking to our buddies, uh, Steve and Jeff just, uh, right before we recorded, like I literally got off of the discord with them when uh, your call came through. And Steve was telling me that Famitsu, the Japanese, like, famous Japanese video game publication, Mm -hmm. gave Ghost of Tsushima a perfect score. 
Oh, really? They don't hand those out easily. They do not. Um, I, I'll actually pull it up because this is something I was trying to figure or I was wondering. Mitsu. Um, but yeah, that was uh, heartening to hear because this has been a very <laughs> anticipated game for me for the last couple of years now. You know I love some samurai stuff. Mm. Um, but besides following us on those three locations, you can also email us if you've got questions, comments, uh, you just want to give us a little shit, whatever you want to do, voice messages, blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoy our show and you want to support us for as little as $3 a month, you can at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And when you sign up, you get an exclusive RSS feed that features a ton of bonus podcasts that we've put together. We're actually recording um, something a little special this Saturday that we're putting together that'll be up there. Um, and we've got all kinds of bonus shows. Oh no, it's Hall Solo. Star Wars Year by Podcast, which Steele and I recorded this week, so that should be up pretty soon. Um, oh no, it's Hall Solo. I said that first. Cooking with Will. We've also got Cooking with Will. We'll throw that one in there twice. What the fuck? Mm. Uh, we've got Jaws. We've got Steve versus the Prequels, Blue Harvest Adventures, Masters of Harvest Kasi, Podula Rasa, and all kinds of other fun stuff. So once again, that's patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And a big shout out and thank you to our existing patrons. You guys are the best. Yes, yes. Um, so how you been this week, buddy? I've been all right. I've uh, been doing the mad crunch to prepare for the new baby. And then uh, when I get chances uh, while the kid's playing around the house, I will watch uh, Alone. This, this uh, I don't know, it's like a wilderness survival huh. show. It's really cool. It's got me hooked. Wow. Um, that's cool. That's I... cool. It's just cool to see what people will do psychologically and how they'll survive. I don't it's in I mean having a degree in psychology I find that fascinating. I how gotcha. people's psyches hold up under stress and you know I, I just find it fascinating. Yeah, it's uh plus it's, I'm into the survival. I like the wilderness yeah, survival I, kind of thing. I, I, that's camp counselor. Yeah. Um not my not my preferred form of entertainment. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Love. I was about to say, you're a Boy Scout. Yeah, and I hated it. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Like, <clears throat> I loved, like, going to the Boy Scout hut for meetings and, like, jackassing around with the other Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. I liked summer camp okay. Too many bugs and, like, too many fucking stinky Boy Scouts that refused to shower <laughs> for the whole week. Like, fuck that, dude. Like, that was cool. And there was this one kid named Benji. Shout out, Benji. I don't know that you're listening to this. And if you are, you ain't going to be happy about this. <laughs> but he got caught. I don't know why. I guess he didn't want to sit on the latrine. So he got caught fucking popping a squat and squeezing out a brown loaf on the floor of the latrine. Oh, and, wow. And There's then, a whole woods to do that in, by the way. And then, like, because something that always happens at Boy Scout Summer Camp, by the way, is some kid sneaks in fireworks. So okay. the kid that snuck in fireworks went and blew up the dude's dookie. 
in the latrine. <laughs> and so Benji oh. and the arsonist, the amateur arsonist, were in big trouble. Oh, my God. I, I bet had, they were cleaning poop explosive off the inside. I had nothing to do with, uh, well, obviously with the poop and or the exploding of the poop. Um, but I did, you know, they were in my troop. So I got to experience the fallout from when that happened. Like we had the next morning we had a meet, like you have these like morning meetings, right? At like mm-hmm. 6 a.m. Uh, before you go off to get your archery merit badge or whatever the fuck woodworking. The, the reveille or whatever. <clears throat> and so we're all sitting on picnic tables and our scoutmaster comes out. This dude that was probably in his 60s at the time. Vietnam vet. Uh, and he was like, last night we had an incident at the latrine. <laughs> And, uh, you know, these are things that we don't tolerate in the Boy Scouts. These are our mottos. And it was a whole thing. Like we, you know, without going into too much detail, he was like, we're trying to set an example. We want to be the best troop out here at this camp. And we got young men defecating on the floor of the latrine. And then like a wild animal. And then we have other troops uh, instead of reporting or or cleaning up the mess they blow it up with firecrackers <laughs> and like, like the thing you the don't want to do children that they are the thing you don't want to do is laugh during one of these yeah because then it's the whole oh you think this is funny well this what is if funny what if i came into your house and defecated on your floor and then blew it up with firecrackers would you think it was funny then <laughs> oh my goodness boys are disgusting and immature dude and there is no better example of that than getting a bunch of those hoodlums together at a summer camp right and it's it just you, brings out something in them dude it's lord of the flies it is it's like <laughs> something about getting them out of their regular environment where they're culpable and responsible accountable just makes them go buck wild you know what I always got in trouble for? Like, I think, I can't remember if I went two or three times to summer camp. I think only twice. But both times, I got in trouble for the same thing. Cursing mm. and getting narked out to the scoutmasters for cursing. Oh, really? Yeah. You had some lame dudes in your troop. I think it might have been scoutmasters from other troops troops that heard me cursing and then Uh, okay and i'm easily identifiable right they're like that kid that's walking around on crutches he's got quite the potty mouth on him he says fuck the woods (laughs) he was just (laughs) just he's talking about around it's too goddamn hot fuck all these bugs i don't give a shit about archery like what am i doing here i want to go back home so i could go see independence day I said, get me air conditioning and video game stat. Yes. Yes. So, it was a, an aside I didn't expect, to, a road I didn't expect to go down, but it happens. But we um, went there. So, uh, you want to hear something interesting that happened this week? Kind yes. of unexpected. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back topped the box office for the weekend with $644,000. Oh, what's, I mean, that's wonderful. 
but it's also sad that the top box office for the weekend was six hundred and forty thousand. Right, like that just shows you what you know the state that the cinema industry is in. Exactly, and you know it, it's bumming me out because I'm seeing all kinds of um, friends on Twitter and stuff posting pictures of them going to see The Empire Strikes Back at drive-ins and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I think one of the dudes from the uh, scruffy looking podcasters went you guys should check them out if you haven't already i think i was on an episode so you guys oh a little bit of extra business man there would have been one bummed golden locked rock god if i didn't bring this up i was on the bad motivators this week oh nice yeah you guys should go check that out it was episode 178 and i'll, I'll do this now because once again if i didn't and i forgot I would disappoint one Mr. Eric Strothers, and I can't have that on my conscience, Will Witten. I believe it's Eric Strothers. He wants you to be on the show sometime. Oh, I would love to do that. I told him you would, so um, I don't know if you want to hit him up on Facebook yeah. or Twitter or I whatever. bring the Twitter back up just yeah. to do that. Yeah, just DM him or something, and, and you guys I, get that I, hashed out. Dipped my toe in the Facebooky water about a week ago, and was like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Nothing here is good. Everything is foul. Shutting that back down. Yeah. Don't blame you. Um, but yeah, so go check that out. But yeah, I've been seeing people go to see The Empire Strikes Back in the drive-in, and it is not playing anywhere within a decent distance of us. I mean, you, you know, like, drive-in theaters are great, but they seem to be like in these really rural places in the south at least I, I there might be something but like there's one in like maybe like aniston alabama i think or oxford somewhere over there there is like, and there's one in leeds which you know is not that far from that's actually not far from birmingham, in birmingham. but it's been shut down for renovation for a long time now and oh wow it still isn't open back up and like when you go on their facebook page they're like I know everybody's been wondering, and we'll be open again soon. Stay tuned for for updates. Like, oh, about talk about the time. If you own a drive-in movie theater, talk about the, the time. time not to be shut down. You know when Obi Wan's like, if you have warriors, now's, now's the, time. the time. If you got a drive-in, now's the motherfucking time. And if you got an empty piece of land with just a parking lot where you were gonna build a building, you might want to think about putting in a drive-in movie theater. Um, Jesse was looking into it and there's a place that was maybe an hour, maybe even an hour and a half away from us that was doing sort of cool drive-in double features. One of which was the original Nightmare on Elm Street in another movie. I can't remember which one it was, but another horror movie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit, I could see the original Nightmare on Elm Street at the drive-in. <clears throat> we may still end up doing that. Um, but Empire is the one I really want to see. Ooh, that would be good. Yeah. Never been to a drive-in. I kept always saying, like, with all the new Star Wars movies as they came out, like, ooh, I'm going to go see one of these in a drive-in. And we never... Um... I've never been to one either. I mean, I, I used to hear stories. I've just never lived in a place where it was close. Mm -hmm. You know, with the exception, I didn't really realize there was one that close to Birmingham, but it might have been closed at the time. Um. But definitely, there. I mean, I know there used to be one in Grenada, but it's the true value now. Ah, I gotcha. That was, this is <laughs> way back in the day. It wasn't, I mean, before my lifetime. 
So um, now next... there's just the sticky floor for cinema, the eternal sticky floor for screen. Yeah, man, it's um, dude, is it stadium seating? Probably not, huh? No, not in Grenada. No, sir. Yeah, I remember for the longest time, Columbus didn't have stadium seating theaters. And Columbus was weird because their theaters were spread out all over town. So there was like a two-screen theater that was over near my uh, grandparents' house. Then there was like a three-screen theater that was in sort of like a mall area that was across from where the arcade used to be. Mm -hmm. So like you could literally come out of the movies and just walk across the hall and go into Diamond Gems, the arcade. And then there was a single screen for a while in the actual Lee Mall, the Columbus Mall. Right. And so, yeah, they were spread out all over the place. And then Starkville ended up getting the stadium seating theater. And it was pretty close to when I ended up getting my license. So it was a regular occurrence to drive to Starkville to go see a movie, to see it in the nice theater. And this may date me, you know, my, my upbringing, but like, I miss the dollar theater. Like I have not seen one of those in a long time. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. There used to be like theaters that showed, you know, out of date movies, like movies that weren't, that weren't currently screening, but had been maybe six months to a year ago in the theaters. And you could see them for like a dollar. And, you know, you could stay there all day seeing movies that maybe you hadn't seen in its original right. movie release. I th- I saw the Mortal Kombat movie at the Dollar Theater. Nice. Like, I remember that. That's a good Dollar Theater movie. It is a good Dollar Theater movie. Christopher Lambert. He's Raiden. Yeah, I don't know about that casting. <laughs> yeah, right. Talk but about. I, I uh, didn't complain at it. Uh, whitewashing? <laughs> yeah, whitewashing. That's it. I didn't complain about it at the time because, you know. I got a lot of love in my heart for Highlander, but it's, it is a little weird. There could be only one um, God. So Birmingham, at least for a while, had a dollar theater. I never ended up going to it, but you know, the theater closest to our house is, or at least it was before all this shit, was the equivalent of kind of a dollar theater where it was mm. $5 any showing for nice. any movie. So That's like, pretty much the equivalent. Yeah, that's how I was able to cheaply and easily rack up all those views of like Solo and The Rise of Skywalker because it's like a 10-minute drive from my house and it's five bucks to get in. I mean, <clears throat> like when I lived in Birmingham, that was where we saw movies. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd have a little sushi across the yep. shopping center and then we'd go see the movies. And uh, for the big ones, we'd go to the rave out in, oh God. Uh, Vestavia. Vestavia, that's right. Yeah. And there was a there's also a good one in um yeah. I can't remember the name of it now. It's the it's like Patton Creek? Mm, that might might be it. It's the it's like the suburb that's out on the highway. Hoover. No. Where the no, gallery no, no. is? No, hmm. no, no. I can't there used to where the second Ladama was. Oh, trustful. Trustful. There you yeah. go. There you go. There's a good. <coughs> yeah, that's trustful. The trustful theaters where we saw the Force Awakens. Our Star Wars. Yeah. We saw Force Awakens and the Last Jedi there, and Rogue One. Yep. 
and we saw Solo in California, and then we saw Rise of Skywalker at the AMC after they redid it to the big fancy theater, which is still my favorite theater in town. Damn, those seats are comfortable. Oh, it's nice. So our next bit of mo- news is a pretty big bummer, my dude. Um, were you ever a Mythbusters guy? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, and it was real sad, Grant Imahara from Imahara, yeah. the Mythbusters passed away this week unexpectedly. From Due to a, a brain aneurysm. Yeah, dude, that shit is scary. Super sad, super scary. He worked on all the prequels uh-huh. um, and a bunch of other stuff. He was an ILM heavyweight. Yeah, and, you know, I didn't realize until, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, how many of those sort of Mythbusters folks got their start at ILM and, and working for Lucasfilm and stuff? Uh, Adam Savage as well. I was about to say, I, I thought Adam Savage did as well. Um, but yeah, he passed away this week. He, Like Will said, he was involved heavily in all three prequel movies. Um, he was, from what I understand pretty key in updating the robotics in R2 for those movies and I guess the thing he was working on like his quarantine project was a baby Yoda animatronic that he was going to take around to children's hospitals oh wow yeah man dude is there any way to like find out if you're going to have one of those aneurysms? I I don't know. I mean, my wife is in the medical industry and I will ask her and relay that to you. Yeah. But I'm I'm not sure. I imagine it has a lot to do with maybe your blood pressure. Yeah. And uh cuz I th- think an aneurysm problem. might be a brain bleed if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. That is what it is. Um and I know your blood pressure has a lot to do with that. Oh, goodness. So, uh, you know, watch your blood pressure. Okay. I will do that as best as I can. (laughs) I'll do my best. And don't take any, uh, you know, tell Jesse to lay off from hitting you in the noggin. Oh, well. You might as well. (laughs) Might as well carve your casket. Might might as well ask sun don't shine. (laughs) <laughs> Might as well ask birds not to tweet. No, man. She ain't like that. I know. I'm just She's playing. hit me in the head once by accident. I was standing by the side door. And, dude, this one hurt. And um, Keith was over, our brother-in-law, right? Mm-hmm. And she was getting ready to take the dogs out. And she grabbed the leash off of a door handle. And, like, Indiana Jones whipped it off the door handle. And that metal end of the leash just whipped back and smacked me right in the face i saw stars dude i can only imagine that probably hurt like a motherfucker it was one of those things that like it happened so fast and it was like a head blow so like it like the area hurt afterwards it was like that scene in tommy boy where he's like not so much here not so much here but here (laughs) it was one of those things but yeah um okay so the big news of the week the the news that saved you guys from me talking about members from corn being at 
Skywalker Ranch in 1999. So we have a announcement of a new show coming to Disney Plus, a new animated show, and that is The Bad Batch. That's super exciting. Yeah, so I am looking forward to it, and I will be excited to watch it when it comes out, but I won't lie and say that it's my preferred animated project. So, you know, when we had our buddy Corey on. D. Bradley Baker's about to get oh, a beach oh house and a snow cabin. He's like, oh, my God, y'all. Uh, y'all want to release the cast list? It's me, 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 all over this motherfucker. The five greatest <laughs> Who's the voice five actors guys? in the world. D. Bradley Baker. D. Bradley Baker. D. Bradley Baker. Because I spit hot fire. Yeah, dude, he is about to be all over that show. Um, yeah, man, jackpot! He just started making it rain in his house oh, when they announced make a it. Bad that show. Oh, uh, I'm Echo. I'm Hunter. I'm Rex. I'm everybody on this show. That's me. Uh, That's my me. honest opinion. I think they should get someone different to do the voice of the meathead guy because. I don't know, like it could stand a different voice. Like the I like the, the his voice on all the other three guys. But there's something about the meathead guy's voice that I think someone else could do and it would still be fine. It's not like <laughs> far off. Yeah. I just think they should get to more Morris to take food to out do of all the mouth of his Pomeranians or whatever, <laughs> but his men pins, his toy poos, toy poodles. D Bradley's to T D Bradley Baker's toy poodles. <laughs> Um, they only eat the finest Rachel Ray dog food. <laughs> Purina one. Uh, shit! I hit a brain fart. Hit a pothole. Sorry, oh. I did. Oh, I was gonna say. So you know, a couple months ago, we had our buddy Corey on, right? We did. And he talked about how he's heard rumors of a Rebel sequel being in development, and then shortly after that, he sort of was talking about how he heard that there was a show centered on the Bad Batch. Um, in the works so and i was i mean i at the time i was like that would be cool i mean that's kind of obscure but it would be cool and here we are and i'm thinking damn that that is gonna be cool yeah and see the thing is is of the two series i'm way more interested in the rebels follow-up like i yeah. really want to know where that story goes now it, i mean the rebels ended in a way where you had to finish that story right. and i'm glad they're going to yeah, and, and he, he even said uh, on social media this week that it's definitely still in the cards. It's not like this is happening instead of that or something like that, you know? Right. I mean, and, I mean the assumption is we're going to see the Bad Batch post-Order 66. That's not the assumption. That's the truth. That is what they said. So and here, so I'm going to... Um, I'm gonna they're not going to be troopers anymore, right? Right. So it said, today, Disney Plus ordered its next animated series from Lucasfilm, Star Wars The Bad Batch. Fresh off the critically acclaimed series finale of Star Wars The Clone Wars, the Disney Plus original series will, will, will premiere on the streaming service in 2021. 
The series follows the elite and experimental clones of the Bad Batch as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone War. Members of Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army, each possess a singular, exceptional skill which makes them extraordinarily effective soldiers and a formidable crew. In the post-Clone War era, they take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. So, they're going to be working as mercenaries, is what it sounds like to me. Well, it doesn't just sound like it. They straight up fucking said it. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think. So, uh, I think they've learned a lot. And I mean, like, fuckloads of, you know, how to and what they should do from the Mandalorian. Yeah, and not that it's going to be a Mandalorian clone, but I think they're learning what resonates and what is going to be successful and what's popular with Star Wars, which I think is what Disney has stumbled a little bit trying to find their niche. Um, what I was going to say is, while it's not my preferred Star Wars animated series, there are elements of it that do excite me. Post episode three, I find exciting. Yeah, that is something I'm down to see, especially the story of these clones post episode three. Um, I mean, there's so many people they can come into contact with. Like, I assume they'll come into contact with maybe Ahsoka and maybe even Darth Vader. Um, I mean, you know, that's those are definitely possible. Rex is possible. Yeah. Um, it does make me wonder because so at the end of Clone Wars. You know, you have Rex and Ahsoka heading off together. Rex is free of the programming, the Order 66 programming. The next time that we see Rex in the timeline of Star Wars is in Rebels when he's got Wolf and Gregor with him. And that's right? old man Rex. Right. None of those Bad Batch guys are there. So what's that all about? Now, the other question is, did the Bad Batch pr participate in clone in uh, Order sixty six? Being mutations, were they? Did they even go through with the chip programming? Oh, right, that's a good question. I kind of wondered. I talked about this on the Bad Motivators this week. You know, Echo had all that shit done to him by the Techno Union, right? Yeah. What if what they did to him? shorts out the chip or cancels out the chip and then he kind of like how Ahsoka was there to help Rex what if he helps the rest of the Bad Batch or like in my like I I assume it's gonna it has to be resolved but if they're not around Jedi at the time what if it just doesn't phase them like yeah and you know that is a good good question because it didn't seem like like with the other clones, they had they were specifically assigned like a Jedi, you know? They yeah. did seem to sort of be out on their own. So that's it a good point. It just instantly turned them Jedi hostile. <clears throat> so yeah, we'll see. Uh, that That's one question I'm definitely looking forward to having answered that I find like interesting about this. It, and it, it justifies Echo's arc in the last season of Clone Wars to me. Because it, it, there was such a buildup of his storyline to just stop. I mean, it makes total sense now. It's like, oh, well, he went off with them to have more adventures, and we're going to see those adventures. Yeah. 
And I even said when we were talking about Clone Wars, you know, if this wasn't the final season that we just, you know, watched earlier this year, if they had more episodes planned or if it was part of a bigger season seven, you know, I figured we would have seen the Bad Batch show up again uh, in an arc further down the line or something. Uh, and now we basically are, you know. Um, I would kind of like to see uh, animation stretch its legs and get a little further away from previously established animated stuff. Resistance was such a good example of that. And yeah. it was so refreshing to have like, what, one season? Three seasons. Three seasons? Three seasons, right? Yeah. Two seasons? Three seasons. Two seasons. Two seasons. Two seasons. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly my point. Like, part of the appeal of Resistance to me, even though I didn't, I wasn't head over heels with it as a whole or every single episode, was that it was separate from Clone Wars and Rebels. Because Rebels starts off fairly detached from Clone Wars, but quickly becomes a show that deals with wrapping up a lot of Clone Wars loose ends. You know, Ahsoka, Maul, Rex and his homies. Like, And, and I, I think overall that stuff worked pretty well. But I would, you know, we got the Bad Batch coming, which is an extension of Clone Wars. We've got a, a Rebel sequel follow-up, you know, Rebels follow-up, whatever the fuck, man, that is... I am fucking jazzed right now. I drink an energy drink because <laughs> I plan on staying up, and I feel like I, I feel like I could chop this coffee table in two right now. It always reminds. This is going to be a stretch, but the George of the Jungle movie with Brendan Fraser, when Never he is in the apartment, he like gets into the coffee grinds and uh, like he goes ballistic, and that's what it makes me think of. Um. It was really good, by the way. Probably that in The Mummy, two of Brendan Fraser's best movies. Man, those Mummy movies. My dad's a big fan of those. I think those Mummy movies were the Indiana Jones fix my dad needed when Indiana Jones wasn't around, if that makes you sense. You know, they they really scratched that itch the way nothing quite has since. I haven't seen the end of the... Uh, the, uh, the newest Tomb Raider movie, but I, I assumed it was good. I'd... Oh, the one... Um... The one that was sort of more based off of the reboot Tomb Raider movie uh, games? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The not Angelina Jolie. It's the no, other no. actress. Yeah. I watched that on Netflix or HBO or something. Like, I didn't go to the theater to see it. And I, I found it to be a fairly enjoyable movie. I'll probably I, never watch it again. But I enjoyed it for the hour and a half or two hours or whatever. Okay. <clears throat> um... I totally forgot what I was talking about. Oh, wanting uh, wanting animation to sort of step away oh, from, right. you know, something a little newer. I I feel like they're coming up with excuses to animate Ahsoka. You know what I mean? Like, well, I feel and, like all these things are, with the exception of Resistance, are possible for her to show up. Yeah, and, and because she's a super popular character, I get that. Right. It's that's what I was gonna say. It's hard to blame them with as popular as that character is. Like there is a reason they use that character so much. And it's because she is a beloved character in rebels. When does she tangle with Vader? The end like, of season in, two. 
So, like, the timeline for that... Uh, uh, how close to A New Hope is that? Dude, this is hard for me. To, this is one of those things, I like... I think it's hard for a lot of people. You know who would know is our buddy Sal. But I want to say the end of season two of Rebels is maybe three or four years before A New Hope. Okay. And then I think the end of Rebels is about a year from A New Hope, maybe. Okay. So somewhere in there. Um, <clears throat> I think it's interesting. So, okay, so I saw an article that said Hayden Christensen could potentially appear in the Obi-Wan series. Yeah, I didn't want to... I'm not sure how legit that is. I'm not me trying neither. to get anybody's hopes up. That's um, why I didn't, like plan on really bringing it up is because i don't really know i've never heard of, and i'm not putting any stock in that and i'm not trying to put it out there for right. someone to take that to heart but it, it sparked this idea that it would be cool if maybe ahsoka showed up in the obi-wan series as maybe rosario dawson yeah I, but i i'm pretty sure they've established they establish in rebels that she doesn't know where obi-wan is maybe I can't remember because Obi-Wan happens while Ahsoka is missing post season two. So I don't really know that for sure. And it's been so long since I've watched Rebels. But I, I get the feeling that she doesn't really know where Obi-Wan is. Now, if we're, we're going to be operating on some big ifs here, buddy. Yeah, if, and it just seems so odd that she and Obi-Wan could exist in the same galaxy as a handful of the few Force users left and don't reach out to one another. Yeah. And I guess, you know, the way, you know, the Force isn't email or instant messenger. Like, mm -hmm. I get that. Like, it's a different beast. You can still be in touch with the Force and not know things. Yeah, and... Because she doesn't know Anakin is Darth Vader until they fight on most not Mustafar on the the Sith planet, right? Yeah, it's somewhere around there, right? What I was going to say is if the Anakin rumor is true, if he is going to be in the Obi-Wan series. My guess is that's going to be maybe flashbacks or memories that Obi-Wan has in or his dream seclusion or stream. Yeah. Now, if he's having flashbacks or memories of he and Anakin during the Clone Wars, then I guess it is possible to have live-action Ahsoka. But she'd be much younger. She wouldn't be Rosario Dawson. No, aged. you're right. You're very right. <clears throat> so, I don't really know. The, the Anakin thing, like, if it is true, the main thing is, is I'm just stoked to have Hayden Christensen. In Star Wars. Right. Get that dude a, a second, you know, shot at the goal with Star Wars. Um, I just don't know how it will work. I don't either. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure Obi-Wan could have dreams. Like, maybe it's just a messed up dream. You know, like a what-if dream. Like, he's dreaming about if Anakin hadn't fallen to the dark side. Yeah. Or, like I said, flashbacks. They used flashbacks pretty um, willingly. I'm not saying that Hayden Christensen has aged, but I, I assume they would have to digitally de-age him a little bit for a flashback. 
Yeah, I mean, it really just depends on how you shoot it and stuff, too. That's true. You know? <clears throat> but, you know, then again, I was... Uh, I kind of thought that Obi-Wan was going to be who showed up and uh, saved the Mando. Or I thought it would be some sort of Jedi character that showed up and saved the Mando from the bunker when he was a kid. And it just turned out to be the Death Watch, which was pretty fucking cool, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Um, so that about does it for the news. You know, I'm not over the moon excited about the Bad Batch. I will. Be, I'm sure once it gets closer, I'll be like, oh, shit, the Bad Batch is about to start. Um, but this may be pretty close to your, you know, your. When we talk about things, you are like, oh, just give me give me a series that's all the bounty hunters or give me a movie just just all bounty hunters from Empire. Like this may be close to that. Yeah, I guess it could be, but it's not it's not who I'm talking about, though. I know it. it's I not know the it. Prof- the profession that I'm so much bothered with or, or can, you know, like obsessed with with the bounty hunters. It's more the characters. Right. So. I mean, uh, this was one of my, not complaints, but one of the things that really, this, okay, the one episode of the Mando where they do the prison break, Mm -hmm. and you have that that chick that is, you know. The Twilight lady. The Twilight lady that is super obsessed with her knives, like, and stuff, like, that seems so... I don't know stereotypical is not the word, but like, it's a it's a a very specific type of character. Yeah, I mean, An archetype, I guess. Like, yeah, maybe it, part of the reason I like that episode so much is because it felt like, um, oh, I love the episode. I'm just talking about that one character specific. Well, this is this like pertains to the character. It felt like a Star Wars pen and paper role-playing campaign session where you have, you know, your, you know, you have your dude playing your Mandalorian bounty hunter. You have someone playing a Twi'lek lady who's really good at hand-to-hand combat with knives. You have your big dude. You have your smart-ass gunslinger guy. And your campaign mission that the game master has laid out for you is go break this guy out of the prison ship, you know? Right. Absolutely right. So I, um, what I'm saying is I can kind of see what you're saying as far as like, not just her, but all those characters. But it kind of made me like them even more because that's what it reminded me of. I mean, you're very right. Like the other one was the uh, the Kurgan character. The He was oh, quite obviously the heavy. Yeah, that's the big a, guy. An, the, the strong, silent, rude, big guy. Clancy um, that's Brown. Very, Clancy Brown. That's right. The archetypal. But, like, that is so strong in the Bad Batch. You've got, oh, mm-hmm. the smart-ass sniper. You've got <coughs> the, yeah. the dumb meathead demolitionist. You've got the Rambo leader. And you got the tech guy. Like, you need to do some serious character development. That's so... Because they are so... I keep saying archetypal, but I don't think that's the word. Like, maybe two-dimensional like you really need to flesh that out cookie cutter yeah like they're they're very much classes in an rpg like like traditional like you really need to do some character development on these guys yeah 
And that was one of my initial sort of disappointments with the show concept is that I didn't really connect with those characters in their arc. But on the other um, uh, on the other hand, one of the cool things about the concept of this show is now you can you have more than just three episodes so you can do character development and help me get attached to these characters better. I thought they were cool. I'm not saying I didn't think they were cool, but other than just being five different personality, like you said, um, there wasn't a lot They're all playing to type. None of them are playing out of type, like, you know. Right, so now is your opportunity. The dwarf is a fighter, surprise. The elf is a ranger, no shit. Yeah, yeah, now's your chance. Now's your chance to really turn me around and get me attached to those characters. So that's what I hope they do. All right. You want to um, move on to some emails and some voice messages from our I do. moisture farmers? Well, let's get to it. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty, cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All right, first up, we got our buddy King Tom, king of all Toms. The king of all the Toms. Hey there, Haas and Will. If you hear the sounds of nature, that's because I'm coming to you from my hammock, so please excuse the occasional bird or passing car. I love when he uh, records I the I was hammock. thinking back to last week's episode and Jim's question about the smartest and dumbest characters in Star Wars. And to me, and you, you did touch on this a little bit near the end, but it's clear. It is so clear the dumbest character in all of Star Wars is Kitty Mundy. There's no question about it. I'm going to take a rare pause in the middle of a King Tom voicemail because, and I never do this, but I got to, and he brought it up, but we came to this conclusion, Tom, you don't have to rub salt in the wound. Yeah, we admitted it. (laughs) We admitted it. We got there. He's he's our personal mascot. Yeah. 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 And King Tom's like, you didn't do enough. So let's hear what he's got to (laughs) say. I mean, Kitty is miles ahead cockheads ahead of whoever the closest competition is but now that that's out of the way this was some pretty exciting news we got i guess the the bad batch thing when when i first heard it i I wasn't that interested because of the stories we got in this season of the clone uh, the clone wars the bad batch was the the arc i was interested in the least it was something like you know let's just put together a team fortress or overwatch team they come up with these guys and I realize, that, of course, I'm gl- always glad to have more Star Wars, but it's it's not 
directed at me. I'm happy to have it, but I wanted something else. But after reading that release when it finally worked on StarWars.com, I was excited to hear that it's going to be set after Revenge of the Sith and that they're going to kind of be like the A-Team in space because I love the A-Team. And in fact, I think we may have talked about this before, how I'd love like an A-Team in space kind of show. My question about it is, do you think that it, the, the animation style is going to be like they did for the Clone Wars and Rebels? Or do you think they'll try something new, like they did for Resistance, or something we haven't seen yet? I don't know. I'm guessing they'd stick with what we know, but I think it would be really neat if they tried something new. Not that I'm sick of, sick of it, but just to, you know, push the envelope a little. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. And I will talk with you two bad Larrys later. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I would love, like, maybe it's just because it's something I enjoy so much. I am pining for a damn anime-inspired style for a Star Wars animated project. I don't know that we'll ever see it. You know, I, I got my hopes up with the announcement of Resistance because I don't got, know if you guys remember, the original announcement made it sound like it was going to be 2D animation. And while it definitely had that look, it wasn't. It was CG animated that was basically cell shaded to look more 2D. Um, <coughs> and I would love, love for them to mess around with different styles in animation but for the bad batch specifically i feel like they're probably going to stick with a similar animation style to rebels and clone wars um i i would like for them to you like you said like i would like it maybe just a little different like yeah. same same roots <laughs> but something maybe just a little more stylized or just a little different. Yeah, I, I could see it being that, uh, like you said, some, something to differentiate it a little bit because Clone Wars and Rebels don't look alike. They are stylistically different despite using a similar animation technique, I guess you would say. <clears throat> um, but just because of it being born out of Clone Wars, I just get this feeling that it's going to look very similar to that arc uh, in Clone Wars. So for different animation styles, we probably got to look towards other animation projects if we want to see that. Um, but who knows? I like, I'm a fan of the CG style. Like it took me getting used to initially with Clone Wars, but once I did get into it, I ended up really liking it. So, you know, I can't complain too much, but I would like to see them um, change it up a little bit, personally. But that's just kind of feel how I feel like they're going to go with it. I agree. <coughs> All right, King Tom, thanks. Rubbing salt in the wound and then right. following it up with a good question like you do. <laughs> I do like that, uh, that description of the Bad Batch being like the A-team in space. That's... I, I like that. Thomas Rex loves it when a plan comes together. 
<clears throat> All right. Next up, we've got a, a first time writer inner. Hey, guys. I've been listening to the podcast for just over a year now and wanted to say thanks for putting out such great content. I have wanted to get into the Star Wars blogging slash podcasting world for a while and was wondering what advice you have for someone just starting out. Thanks and stay safe, Mike. Oh, Mike. Just do it, buddy. Don't don't keep putting it off. That's what I did for the longest time. Will can tell you for how long I talked about like, we need to do it. We should start a podcast. I want to do a podcast. For years I talked about doing it. Before, yep. Leah, before I finally got off my ass and we started Blue Harvest. So my biggest advice is just do it. Now, as far as technical advice and anything like that, like I could go on and on. Uh, if you ever have any questions about that, feel free to message me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I'll be more than happy to help you out with that. Um, it just really depends on what you're trying to do. Um and my other advice is, if you're going to do a podcast with someone else, just make sure it's someone you enjoy talking to outside of the world of podcasting. You know what I mean? Like Because it'll make your relationship a lot more fun to listen to, I think, and a lot more genuine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I would say is a little bit of research and planning beforehand goes a long way. But don't be afraid to vamp and follow those rabbit holes and tangents because they're a lot of fun, too. Yeah, and also... And that kind of ties into someone you like to talk to in real life because that the tangents and the stories and the, the rabbit holes are always more fun with someone who you know and who, you know, who you can tell and st- share those stories with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, the close as close as you can get to just having a conversation with someone I think is the best. Now, granted it's different stokes strokes for different folks. There are people out there that want their podcast, super produced laser focused, right? You know, informational like, and I like a little bit of a bit of, mo- uh, of both. Like I like podcasts that are more free form and just bull, you know, people bullshitting. And I also like, you know, something like, Cereal. Give me the deets. Right. Yeah. That's super produced. like Super researched. Super researched, super planned out. So there's no way to go. Just decide, like no one way that you have to go. Just decide what you want to be. And, um, and then don't be afraid to evolve and change. You I know, feel as like you get comfortable with it. Your vibe and mine is like the two, two DJ morning radio show. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I don't. I don't know about that, man. I mean, we that, ain't spinning no records, but we're fat. definitely goofy and. Hey, it's nine past nine here on WNBC. We're here to talk about the Bad Batch. Pew 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 pew. But before that, won't you enjoy a little Stairway to Heaven? Yeah, I hope you got 15 minutes because we're gonna play in a God of Vita by Iron Butterfly. But really, just get to it. Like, just, just do it, and, and you'll you'll find your footing. Yeah, the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get with it, and you know. the more you'll you'll find what you want to be and what you want to do. Now, as far as blogging goes, buddy, 
I don't know much about that. I, you know, blogging, I don't know much about producing a blog, but the most interesting blogs to read are the ones where people are passionate about what they're writing about. Yeah. Passionate and well-read about what they're writing about. And uh, the other thing that I would say is a, is a good uh, piece of advice to follow if you start a podcast is consistency. Try to figure out whatever weeks works for you. Are, are you wanting to do an episode once a week like we try to do most of the time? We're pretty good about it. We miss some here and there. <coughs> do you want to do every other week? Do you want to do what once a month? Whatever it is you want to do, figure out a realistic timetable and um, format that works for you and then just try to stay consistent like the more you can stay consistent the more um, comfortable and in a groove like Will and I have got it down to a science now I wake up on Thursday morning I have a little breakfast I get started on my work and then I text my buddy Will and I'm like hey are we good to record tonight and then we go from there yep and some, you know, like I said, you may have to schedule around events and things that mm -hmm. happen in each other's lives, but we had definitely have a set routine. Yeah, I mean, there's, you definitely, I would say, you know, give yourself plenty of time to plenty of wiggle room in case something does come up, you know? Like, for instance, if Will couldn't record tonight, but he could record tomorrow, then that's totally fine. And like, you know, I will work around Will's schedule and vice versa. Like if I need to record earlier or later, you know, Will and I will talk it out. And if he can't make it, I'll have a guest or I'll do it solo. You know, we just figure it out. Oh man, I am going to be up late tonight. I am <laughs> you can feel jazzed. It. I feel like the Tasmanian devil right now. All right. <laughs> Next up, we got an email. We got two more emails, and then we'll call it a night. This one is from Josh W. Hello there, Halls and Will. I've been re-watching The Clone Wars with my daughter. As we watched the Who Framed Ahsoka arc in Season 5, I noticed that after Ahsoka's hearing, or whatever, in front of the Jedi Council, Yoda says the Council's decision to expel her was not unanimous. Um, how do you think that vote broke down. I think it's safe to assume that Plo and Obi-Wan voted in Ahsoka's favor, but what about everybody else? How do you think Yoda, Mace, Tin, Shaq T, Kit Fisto, Depa Balaba, Opo Rancis, Agent Kolar, Stas Ali, and most importantly, <laughs> Kia D voted? Do you think it was a close vote or a landslide? Thanks for the great podcast, and may the force be with you, a Josh W. I in my head I feel like Yoda, Obi Wan, and Plo Koon were her only yeses, and everyone else was a no. So just because I don't know the rest of them. Yeah, personal. it's it's hard for me to say. I like you said. I know. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, Kia D was right. a no because yeah. he's just he's always, always on, on the wrong side of history. Exactly, man. I have no doubt that like they were probably like, all right, we need to take a vote on whether to ki let's kick her out. Before they even finished the, se the sentence, yep. Kia Dia was like, let's kick her out. And then he just got up and left she the has chamber. Proven she can no longer be trusted. Um, Opa Rincesas might have been a yes. A yes. Uh, maybe Depa Balaba. You know, she was um, she was Kanan's Jedi Master. And like, Kanan seems like good folk. 
So I like to think that maybe she was like, no, nah, man, let's not kick her out. Mace, unfortunately, like we we all talk about how much of a doubting Thomas Kia D is, but Mace <laughs> isn't much better in those movies, right. man. Right. The only redeeming Mace Windu one is when, you know, right before Anakin comes to the chancellor's office, he's like, look, you've proven yourself with me. You just need to wait here. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. One redeeming moment for Mace Windu. And and look, I think Mace is badass. He's got the purple lightsaber. I really like the character of Mace. I've found, and maybe this is a little weird, that a friend of mine's love for a Star Wars character can influence me sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like our buddy Evan, Mace is like one of his favorite characters. So now when I see Mace or you know read about Mace or anything like that, I think, oh, that's kick-ass. That's, that's Evan's dude right there. You know what I mean? Right. So that definitely helps. When I, you know, not that I didn't always love Chewbacca, but when something with Chewbacca comes up, I'm like, oh, Johnny Grasso is going to be real stoked about this because Chewbacca is his dude. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so. What's sad is my two famous, my two favorite Mace Windu moments aren't canon anymore. Like they're from the Jindy Tarakoski series. Mm-hmm. When he basically slaughters an entire battalion, not battalion, like entire regiment, like an entire army of droids single-handedly. Some even without a lightsaber. See, and, I, I do think that's cool. And then when he's chasing General Grievous and after he's him. kidnapped Palpatine and crushes his chest, like, that's incredibly awesome. Just the moment, the way it's set up, mm-hmm. you know, Grievous is like, ha, 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 I got away. And Mace Windu's like, oh, you got away? Crunch. I do think that one, that one I'm cool with. I'll be honest, and I've always felt like this. I feel like the other one from the first set of Tarakoski Clone Wars is cool. It is like, if that was a Star Wars fan animation that you saw on YouTube, you would be like, fuck, that was cool. Yeah. In the realm of Star Wars, though, it's too over the top for me. Is it really? It's a little too Force Unleashed for me. Okay. In the realm of actually imagining it happening in Star Wars. Because, like, there's, like, it's like a Dragon Ball Z episode or some shit at, at some parts. It kind yeah, in some parts it is. <clears throat> um, Not saying that it's not cool. I'm definitely not taking anything away from it. Uh, my two favorite Mace moments... Uh, I love his his trip to Palpatine's office and the fight with Palpatine and the window shattering as they fight and shit. I think that's real cool. And my other one actually comes from this most recent season of Clone Wars when he's talking shit to all those droids. And he's like, I've killed thousands of you. I've dismounted oh, yeah dismantled thousands of you droids i thought that was pretty neat that is cool all right we got one more and this comes from utah 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 dougie dougie uh he says the dugout love all the theater name ideas one day i'll host a movie night if there were any movie you would love to see a sequel to that doesn't have one yet, what would it be? 
I would choose a sequel. About a Star Wars movie? Any movie. Any movie. Because he says, I would choose a sequel to Inception. Hmm. Big Trouble in Little China. That is one of mine. Taika Waititi said that um, that was a major influence for uh, Thor Ragnarok. Beautiful. Makes sense. Big Trouble in Little <laughs> China. Good. Uh, oh, oh man. I feel so put on the spot. Um, I have a few. I would say Bloodsport, but it doesn't count because there were awful sequels to Bloodsport. So it doesn't really count. Um, okay. Once again, I don't know if this counts because it was kind of like a sequel to two different franchises, but I wanted a sequel to Freddy versus Jason so bad. Dude, you could have kept doing that. I mean, you, I mean, you could have Freddy versus Jason in different areas or in hell. Well, Well, you know, they w- were working on a sequel that was Freddy versus Jason versus Ash from the Evil Dead. Oh, yeah, man, I'd watch that all day. Yeah, absolutely. But really, why I wanted a sequel because there's only one way the sequel goes. Because spoiler alert, Jason wins at the end of Freddy versus Jason. Pretty much, right. he wins. Because the only way Freddy Krueger could win is if Jason had dreams. You know, and like- he does. He gets oh, into he Jason's head in that movie. Um, but if you do a sequel, you don't just have Jason win again. In the sequel, Freddy wins. So what right. I say is you just do one sequel, and then Freddy w- leaves leaves the arena with the W. You know what I mean? They each, or they each have a win. You know, the scorecard <laughs> is balanced. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Um, I still, I'm blanking. Like, I'm just... Oh, you would have been rad. Freddy versus Jason in hell versus Pinhead. Or Hellboy. Pinhead. <laughs> Pinhead fits better than Hellboy. Pinhead seems like higher than all of them. Like he seems He's the like, master of hell. Of course he's That's higher. what I'm saying. Like he's gonna win over both those guys. No, what that what that means is you get the classic superhero versus superhero storyline. Where then at the end, they have to team up to fight the big bad. So you have Freddy and, and Jason on the same team fighting Pinhead. And then they just mow through all his lieutenants. Yeah, fuck a Cenobite. Meet yep. a machete. The knife glove. Oh. I think I could write that script better than I could a Boba Fett movie. Guess what I'm doing tonight? <laughs> Twitching my writing of this Freddy movie. versus Jason versus Pinhead. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> a, um, a sequel to Hook with Robin Williams. Okay. I know you're I a big fan of that movie, so I that am. makes that was sense. One of my, um, you know, like, it, it doesn't need one. Like, a lot of the movies that have that would be cool with sequels kind of have perfect endings. So yeah. I don't want to step, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not necessarily looking to step on toes of movies that were good that ended well. Yeah, because I love E.T. and loved it when I was a kid, especially. And always wanted another E.T. But, man, that's a risky prospect. Right? Like, what would you do? So, ooh, that's risky. Like, Because there was a book. I don't know if you know this. There's a book sequel. That 
to E.T. that I did a book report on in the fourth grade called, I think it's called E.T. in the Green Planet or something like that. Hmm. And it wasn't very good. Um, Yeah, that's a risky proposition, sequelizing E.T. Probably best that they never did that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other movies. I think the problem is so many of the movies I have, I like have sequels. Right. So like that, I, that's something I've realized about myself is I love a damn sequel. And I think that's because I grew up liking, you know, eighties horror movies that got like a sequel every year, every other year and star Wars, which had three it, movies and stuff. It's what I grew up with and really look forward to. But as I grew as a cinephile, I started to realize. Ooh, this, watch out now. We got a that, cinephile on our hands, everybody. <laughs> that <laughs> some of the some of the movies that got sequels didn't need them and worked better as standalone films. Yeah, I can kind of see that. But then in, in other, you know, like on the other hand, I love Blade Runner and the idea like. The idea of a sequel was always neat to me. I'd be like, oh, it would be cool to see more of that universe. But how would you pull that off? And then as time went on and, you know, the main players got older and like, you know, what are you going to do? And then they did a sequel. It turned out to be pretty good. So it's not something that can't be done. You know. Right. It is risky. Man. Hmm. I'm sitting here trying to think. Oh, you know what I wanted to see? The the proposed sequel to the Masters of the Universe movie that they were going to do. Oh, wow. And you know what the supposed premise to Masters of the Universe 2 was going to be? What's that? He-Man comes back to Earth and becomes a college football quarterback. That's like He-Man meets Rudy. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm joking. I didn't. I do not want to see that. Um, man. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be so mad because the rest of the night you're gonna think I'm gonna of something be like this would make a great sequel, or this would make a great sequel, or that would have a great sequel. Mm-hmm. But I'm current. Uh, I'd like, and this is, uh, I don't know, you could, I'd like another Jaws movie, but because they all seem to go downhill. Oh, yeah. After the first one. Two's okay. Two's okay. Post that. But that's just because of Roy Schneider, like. Yeah. I had um, a, a soft spot for three as a kid because that's the only one we had on VHS and it was set in like a, a SeaWorld type location. And as a kid, I, re- I thought that was cool. I really liked four, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's probably the one I saw the most as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I liked the Michael Caine character, and I liked that it came back to the Brodies. Yeah, yeah. Well, the main it didn't character make sense in- that it happened in a tropical situation where <laughs> great white sharks don't. The Bahamas. Yeah, like. <clears throat> so, if I'm not mistaken, the main character of three is one of. He's one of Brody's. the Brody brothers. Yeah. You're right. You're right. The Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I think that's the case. Uh, oh, 
this is unexpected, but it's a movie that I have grown. I'm not going to say I like the movie, but it's a movie I've grown to appreciate its comical badness. And I would have loved to see what they would have done if it was super successful and they made a movie. Street Fighter the movie with Van Damme. Ooh, a sequel to that? Yeah. What would that have been like? It would have been cool. In an alternate universe where that movie was really successful and they were like, we're going to do a sequel. We got an even bigger budget. Like, what would they have done in that? Raul Julia was the best part of that movie. I know, man. And when you read about the production and how sick he was during that movie and stuff, it's really sad. It is. He was basically on death's door during the filming of that movie. And it's a shame. But he left it all on, you know, he all sure on, did. The, on the field. That's, I think his performances in Bison is kind of what has given me an appreciation of that movie as I got older. Because when I saw it as a kid, I was a disappointed. Oh, right. Me yeah. too. <laughs> I think we rented it from Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, we never have to rent that again. Because I was a serial renter. Like, I would find a movie I liked and then rent it a bunch. Yep. And my dad would be like, you can't rent Star Wars again. Well, I had like, the All same right, well. rules implied to me. Well, you know, let's you know, all right, let's do Street Fighter. And, you know, I was like, oh, Ooh. all right, well, once was enough. Bad choice. Bad bombing. <laughs> a sequel to <laughs> uh, Another Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. Would be good, but I, I think Chevy Chase has passed his prime. But yeah, and uh, you know, all those vacation movies are kind of sequels to themselves. I know they, yes, yeah, but I meant like another Christmas one, something mm-hmm. about the Christmas one. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just felt like one Goonies, of the best. Goon, a sequel to Goonies. Yeah, man, how did that never happen? I don't know, man, just to be honest. That's a, I don't know how I didn't think of it faster than this but yeah Goonies 2 not that shitty NES game Goonies 2 either (laughs) you know when I was a kid talking about renting I went to the video store to rent a Nintendo game one time and I rented Goonies 2 because I loved the Goonies and when I rented it I was like this says Goonies 2 there must be a corresponding movie and I remember asking the lady at the checkout counter do you have Goonies 2? And she was like, you're renting Goonies 2. <laughs> and I was like, no, I mean the movie. And she was like, there's no Goonies 2. And I thought she was a straight-up liar. You were like, look, you, you're just not good at your job. Can I can I talk to the manager? <laughs> Let me look at your system. Let me look at your computer there. Show me the computer where it says <laughs> that. Because I'm pretty sure there's a Goonies 2. There is a video game. And, and they, they wouldn't just base that off on nothing. Nah, they wouldn't do this to me. A sequel to Willow? Come on. A sequel to Willow would be amazing. I think Are that's in the me? cards. Like, I think we will be getting that. They're working on it, at least. So, <clears throat> But as of right now, it doesn't exist. All right. Well, I think that does it. Uh, thanks for uh, recording with me this week, buddy. Dude, thanks for having me on. Uh, If you guys haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or... Wait, what am I talking about? I'm just mixing up plugs at the end. If you haven't done it already, leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, It really helps us out. 
if you like our theme song, then you should check out Stoned Cobra. They're the band that was kind enough to provide the music, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, and until next week, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.